Strong growth in China and Australia's GDP is out today. It's expected to bounce back sharply, even though the partials yesterday were a little weak. But there are other positive signs for the Aussie economy, which we'll look at today. In Brexit land, they have entered the tunnel. When they send out the smoke signal, a deal has been done. And markets are buoyed by another potential deal. Maybe there will be a fiscal stimulus deal in the United States before the Biden administration takes control. But oil is taking a hit because OPEC haven't reached an agreement. It's all happening today. It's Wednesday, the 2nd of December, 2020. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, a sharp fall in the US dollar today, two-thirds of uh, 1% on the DXY at 91.3. It's actually at the lowest it's been since April 2018. The euro is the main beneficiary. It's up 1%. The pound up 0.8%. The Aussie dollar rising just 0.3%. Stocks have come bouncing back in the United States to uh, record highs in some cases. We've got a 1.6% rise in the NASDAQ, 1.4% for the S&P 500, almost 1% for the Dow. And the FTSE today up 1.9%. The euro stock's 50 rising 0.9% as well, and uh, eight basis points up on 10-year Treasury yields, up to 0.98%. Ten years are up four or five basis points across much of Europe as well, and oil down because OPEC can't get its act together, basically, a 1.9% fall in WTI. There we are. Are there enough moving parts for you today? I suspect so. Uh, Tapa Strickland is here today, Director Economics for Markets in NAB in Sydney. It's looking like a bit of a, a risk on this morning, isn't it? And let's look at one of those influences today. Probably not the main one, but let's get it out of the way. This this rise in the Caging PMI in China, 53.6 in October, 54.9 in November. That is the highest it's been in 10 years. So strong growth in China. And, you know, we hope that means strong growth to follow in Australia as well. Good morning, Phil. Yes, it has been a very risk-positive night overnight, and a lot of indicators out there suggesting that the global economy is fairly resilient to that rise in COVID-19 cases in the Northern Hemisphere, and uh, really trading on the view that uh, once you do get that vaccine and an effective rollout, then you'll see a continued uh, pickup in economic activity. Uh, In China, obviously, that Kaisen uh, manufacturing PMI really set the tone and uh, is suggestive that we do have virus control. You get a pretty sharp pickup in economic activity, and China has really led the world in terms of the recovery coming out of this pandemic. So PMI is obviously going up as well in the United States. But backtracking a little uh, in Europe and particularly in the UK, and, you know, they've obviously got very low inflation expectations there as well. But if we look at the United States, the, the even even inflation there is rising. 1.82% is now the uh, the 10-year break-even inflation rate there. Yes, it does seem like um, rates markets are going back to trading that reflation uh Point of view, and I think it really comes back to uh, two notions. Even though we haven't had much in the way of U.S. fiscal stimulus since September, uh, albeit overnight there were a few more headlines that there may be something on on the way there. Um, household and business balance sheets in relatively good position. We've been talking on the morning call for quite some time about the rise in household deposits in Australia and business deposits, which does suggest a lot of the government stimulus there has buttressed balance sheets uh, for both the household and the business sector. And then at the same time, you've got uh, high expectations for a effective vaccine, which looks like it's going to get emergency approval in the United States by mid-December and uh, are going to be subject to uh, the, those same checks in the EU uh, in um, later December. So all very positive that you'll uh, get some kind of vaccination rollout uh, either by the end of 
December or into the new year. And uh, just worth noting, uh, President Trump's uh, vaccine chief uh, was out overnight, um, Monis Salawi, and he said that the entire US population could be vaccinated against the coronavirus by June. Yeah, could be. Uh, and also noted that uh, Moderna and Pfizer would likely be able to supply between 60 to 70 million doses by January. This is in the US, which would be enough to vaccinate at least 30 million people. So in that environment, you could see economic activity rebound quite sharply. Uh, uh, not only in the second half of next year, but perhaps even in the first half of next year, which is a little bit more of an um, upward surprise for markets at the moment. Uh, so in that context, you've seen the US 30-year break-even reach the highest level since May 2019 at uh, 1.95%. Yeah, a few records being broken or a few multi-year records being broken anyway today. Look, when uh, when a politician incidentally uses the word could, uh, that, that is pretty useless, isn't it? Pretty worthless as, as a statement. It could happen by June, uh, but perhaps not. But look, you mentioned uh, a stimulus uh, and uh, yeah, supposedly uh, the, uh, uh, Stephen Meninchin has been talking with uh, Mitch McConnell, the, uh, the Senate Majority Leader, Mark Meadows, the chief of staff, the president as well. They all agree now on the need for a stimulus. They're talking to Nancy Pelosi to get something over the line. Joe Biden has said if there is something, then it'll just be the the starting point to what's going to happen once they uh, once he gets his feet under the desk. So, you know, maybe uh, because they can push politics aside now because there's no votes on whether, you know, in this, whether they do it or not, maybe they will get something over the line. That's definitely what the market is hoping for and one of the drivers why the S&P 500 at the moment is currently up around 1.4% is on hopes of that US stimulus plan finally being agreed to and just worth noting a group of bipartisan lawmakers uh, did unveil a $908 billion uh, stimulus plan which is approximately midway between what the Republicans and the Democrats were trying to land uh, prior to the election. Um, still very unclear whether you will get a stimulus package passed and the key reason is is those uh, Georgia um, Senate runoff elections, which will def- which will define whether uh, the Democrats do have a workable Senate majority, don't occur until January five. So there's still probably a little bit of mileage, at least in terms of uh, politics, um, in terms of uh, the lead up to that. And just looking at the latest uh, betting odds on that, I think uh, Democrats are around a 29% chance of uh, getting a Senate majority and winning those two uh, Senate runoffs. So um, it's still. He's definitely in the Republican box seat to win those runoffs, but uh, I think mm. uh, the Democrats are starting to lift a little bit uh, in polling in those areas. Now, no joy on OPEC. In fact, Tuesday's meeting has now been pushed back to Thursday, so there can be a bit more argy-bargy beforehand. They're going to meet on the phone on Thursday, apparently, uh, or, or you know, to try and get a deal, or they don't, and uh, we, we get another price war and no cuts to production. But, uh, I mean, how marked would the reaction be if there isn't a deal this time around, do you think? Uh, it's, I guess it's very un- unclear here. So uh, you do have notions that the global economy will lift quite sharply. There's a lot of pent-up demand uh, on a vaccine yeah. hope, and that should support near-term oil demand there. So you, you may not get as large of a market reaction as you have uh, previously, though uh, when you do look at the screens, uh, I think a WTI and Brent are down by around 1.1 to 1.8% overnight. So it does suggest there is some near-term Concern. impact from yeah, yeah. Um, yeah from uh, from the lack of an agreement now uh, nothing on brexit although 31 days to go they have supposedly entered the tunnel uh, it's uh, although you know I think the uh, Michelle Barnier is saying look I don't know about a tunnel you know we couldn't be negotiating any harder than we can I think Boris Johnson is quite busy trying to get his uh, various tiers of restrictions uh, that are being imposed in the UK through Parliament uh, because they come out of their uh, national lockdown tomorrow but you've got Ursula von Leyen from the, the EU saying that there, there could be a resolution in the next few days 
apparently now the level playing field is, uh, is, is the sticking point. It's not the fish. The story changes every day. I thought it was the fish, but it's the level playing field. Oh, you don't you don't want to get fish on the level playing field. They don't like that very much. But it's it's a confusing story, isn't it? Who who knows where they are? But maybe we're just days away. Who knows, Tampas? Yes, I think markets took a little bit of heart in terms of uh, the source of them having entered the tunnel, which was uh, Tom Newton Dunn from the Times, <coughs> who has generally been mm. pretty good on these kind of things. But uh, regardless of whether where they're uh, today, tomorrow, or within the next week. Uh, markets are definitely trading with that view that uh, the UK and the EU will come to an agreement. And when you look at cable, it's currently at 134.25 and up around 0.5% uh, over the past 24 hours. Uh, so that does suggest markets are definitely pricing towards a, a deal there. And um, as you're talking with Ray uh, the other day, um, we had initially thought that cable would go up to about 135 uh on a deal, and it does look like it's uh, almost approaching that level at the moment. Yeah. Now, uh, the OECD, not surprisingly, so they've been saying a lot today, saying that um, they, a no deal would be a, a significant risk for the UK economy. No surprise there. Uh, nice of them to point it out. Uh, but they also have upgraded their forecast for Australia, but only a 3.2% rebound next year, which is not as much as NAB is predicting, or the RBA, in fact. And uh, maybe we should look at the RBA. Uh, they, they seemed a little, they didn't give a great deal away, but they seemed a little little dovish didn't they is that because they just don't because they, they don't want to get too much commitment to their qe program next year is that are they sort of like uh, hedging their bets a little bit right now it does seem like that uh, when you do look at the rba board statement in the full uh, it was pretty much a non-event um, so when you look at forward guidance and when you look at policy it was all unchanged in the month but as you're noting when you looked through the statement we had been thinking that maybe there were going to be a little bit more positivity flowing through that statement just given the run of uh, better than expected data but that wasn't really evident uh, in that post-meeting statement and uh, maybe that's a function of um, the RBA not wanting to play out that positivity uh, too too much uh, just given the uncertainty that's going on at the moment and also that the RBA probably won't do a comprehensive forecast uh, round until the February board meeting next year. Um, as for markets, very much concentrated on whether that $100 billion six-month QE program uh, is extended, uh, tapered, or even stopped in five months' time. And that debate is likely to be very closely tied towards the trajectory for the unemployment rate. Uh, and indeed, that's the reason why the program was uh, implemented in the first place. So if you were to get a continued run of better than expected data, and if you were to get that unemployment rate ticking lower, um, <clears throat> it would put less pressure on the RBA uh, to renew that QE program. It does look like the bounce back is happening quite quickly, doesn't it? In Australia, <coughs> so we talk about jobs, we've got the Seek Jobs Ads uh, Index, that that really shot up. Look at the housing market, that seems to be a fairly rapid recovery, doesn't it? We had those uh, building permits yesterday, but also the uh, the data from CoreLogic yesterday showing house prices rising by 0.8% in November, and we're seeing strong demands within NAB, the, seeing strong demands for home loans as well. So, uh, you know, all the indicators well, okay, net exports and government spending were a little below expectations yesterday. I don't think that's going to change the expectations for a strong GDP print today, though, is it? No, and uh, I think just going back to that point about the pickup in the economic data, I think it's quite clear wherever you are in the world, we do have effective virus control and we do and we have eased containment restrictions, you've seen a very sharp bounce back in economic activity. And it's also quite clear that the consumer sector is not as scarred as many people had thought. Uh, And uh, that's definitely playing out right through the Australian economy at the moment. uh, In terms of our GDP, um, so uh, GDP is for, for Q3, and uh, NAB is expecting a Q3 GDP print of 4.1% Q on Q uh, after the 7% contraction that we saw last quarter. <clears throat> 
Uh, the median consensus expectation sits at around two and a half percent. And the reason why NAB is uh, above uh, consensus there is that uh, we think uh, services consumption has rebounded much more sharply than the market has currently factored in. And our own published transactions data suggests there has been a fairly sharp bounce back in services consumption. Right. Sean, I'm feeling very enthusiastic talking to you today. It all seems like it's good news for once, doesn't it? Uh, we uh, What have we got today then? We've got uh, Philip Lowe in front of the uh, Parliamentary Committee later on. Uh, can we expect him to give anything away? And, and similarly, Jerome Powell is in front of the, the House Finance Panel. It's clearly the day to interrogate central bankers. Uh, we know what Jerome Powell's going to say. He's going to say, get this fiscal stimulus over the line. Maybe he'll try and give it the last nudge. Yeah, maybe... Uh Fed Chair Powell will try and do that. Just worth noting that his testimony uh, will be probably much a repeat of what he gave uh, today, which he didn't really broach on too many uh, new subjects there. Um, Also speaking uh, today is the RBNZ Governor, or and he's speaking at an ANU uh, Memorial Lecture for Leslie Melville. And as for uh, Governor Lowe, um, it's unclear exactly what he'll be willing to broach in terms of uh, subjects, but it's likely parliamentarians will be quizzing him on his views of the Australian economy, especially in the light of the better than expected data that we've been seeing. And uh, it's non-farm payrolls week, of course, later in the week in the United States, but we get the ADP employment numbers tonight. Uh, There seems to be a a question mark. We didn't talk about this yesterday, but just finally, those uh, weekly jobless claims. There was a Wall Street Journal report yesterday. The Government Accountability Office uh, described those weekly reports as being flawed uh, it was part of their, their report on the federal dy- uh, pandemic response. So maybe we, we can uh, pay less attention to those. But ADP, always useful. Uh, yes, um, always useful just given um, how much uncertainty there is in the US labor market at mm. the moment. Uh, consensus sees 430,000 jobs being created there. Uh, but just worth noting, um, ADP is still far from infallible as for where the official payrolls print uh, is, is concerned. And just worth noting for payrolls, uh, that payroll survey oh, – sorry – that payrolls was uh, the, the cutoff was uh, early in November, so likely predates a lot of the reimposition of restrictions that we've seen in the US. And the consensus is still for a pretty healthy five hundred thousand jobs All for right. Friday. We better go. We're over time. Great to talk, Tapas. We'll catch you again soon. Oh, cheers. Thanks, Phil. I thought he was going to either lose his voice or come out in a coughing fit. There, I think he did pretty well. Uh, that's Tapas. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Back again tomorrow morning. I'll see you then. Have a great day.